and he did all those things, right? And God has a sense of humor. But I, I, I was saying, God, thank you for, for all you've done in my life. And honestly, I guess to be really, I'm sure you guys have heard this before. I know I did when I was sitting in your place. I can't believe that I'm sitting, standing here before a bunch of college students. Because honestly, I know I'm, you, I look old to you guys. I'm 37. But it feels like yesterday I was just sitting here where you guys are. Like, I'm just like, it seems like yesterday. I was counting. Math is not my thing, but I was counting. It's been almost I, 1999 was when I was a freshman in college. Was anybody born here at night? Oh my gosh. All born in the What? <laughs> this is terrible. Why is my wife laughing? She's a few years older than I am. She's a few years older than I am. <laughs> I was just kind of like, God, I'm done. 
And I meet this amazing, beautiful woman. And I was like, wow. I saw her, and I didn't say anything to her. She just kind of stared, like awkward staring. She said, oh gosh, she's looking like an engineer. Saw her a few more times on campus. Eventually, we started talking more. And then I saw her one night as a freshman in college, right? I thought she was there too as a you know, freshman, whatever. She was in a dining facility, dining room. She was a nutritionist. She worked at the university. She'd already been through college. Right? She sees me in a dining hall. She says, what are you doing here? And I was like, crabbing dinner. She said, why are you eating at a dorm? And I was like, because I live here. <laughs> Time out, how old are you? I'm 19, how old are you? She says, I work here. <laughs> what does that mean? Is this legal? <laughs> See, what, 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 what happened is, I was just so mature. I carried myself so well. She was so impressed by me. Right? No, I don't know, honestly, I, I'm a great manipulator because she married her. I think I married her. She, she said, thank you, praise God. Miracles do happen. This guy can do it, so can you. We started dating, and almost immediately she started telling about Jesus. I'm all like, whatever, chick, you're beautiful, fine, I'll go along for the ride. <laughs> we start going to church together. She asked me if I have a Bible. Of course I do. <laughs> Not tell anyone. <laughs> I have a Bible. Remember the first time going to church with her, she's all happy. I'm all like, oh, dear Lord, I know it's been a while. But please, I, I just hope that this guy preaches out of Genesis. That's the only book I know where it is, right up front. <laughs> When you know, it was one of those minor prophets that's like a half a page long. <laughs> one of those books I still honestly have a hard time finding. Malachi, right? Where is it? <laughs> when the first time I asked her, she's telling about Jesus every week, and I'm like, okay. First sermon I listened to, this guy's like, he tells me to literally one of the minor prophets, and I'm just flipping. I'm just like, oh gosh, she's going to know. She looks over and she, she knows that I don't know where this minor prophet is, and so she tries to instruct me. What do I do? I lie. I'm looking for something else. Terrible. I literally, the next Sunday, the guys pray, and I fall asleep during the prayer. This is real, this is really happy. Fell asleep. How tired you me to fall asleep during the prayer? It was like a minute. I fell asleep. She nudges me. You know what I do? Master con artist, I'm still praying. <laughs> Relationship started. Whoever well, lies. Oh, I could go on and on and on. One night in the living room of her parents' home, she, she explains to me the explicit gospel, right? right the, the explicit message of Jesus' death, his burial, and resurrection that affords sinful mankind forgiveness of sins. Eternal life. Like she explains the explicit gospel to me. Says she had a relationship with Jesus. That everything she'd done and it was going to do simple would be forgiven. And I said, This woman has lost her mind. 
how arrogant, how proud. I didn't say these things to her. And it struck me that she was so confident that she knew that she had this, this life, this relationship with God. Several weeks later, on the ride from her parents' house to my, my house, I moved down to the dorms. I was moving on up. I had, I had a, Paul, a Saul and Paul moment in my, in my 1986 Monte Carlo, driving down 168. I said, Jesus, I'm all in. Savior, you're my Savior, you're my Lord. I don't, I don't know what this is going to require of me yet, but I'm all yours. I'm all in. Savior and Lord. Savior and Lord. All of 19 years old. You see, I think a lot of us understand and recognize the need for a Savior. Like we all recognize that we need someone to save us because we're a mess. I knew I was a mess. I knew I needed a Savior, but it would take me years and years to understand His Lordship in my life. Savior and Lord. They're one, they both go together. Following Jesus isn't a get out of jail free card, right? A get out of hell free card. He's, he's Savior and Lord. He saves yes, but he's also Lord daily, Lord of my life daily. But it would take me years, like I said, to figure out what his lordship in my life looked like. I want you to listen to this passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Because I want you to I want to get you to start thinking about something. Because as I think of you all here, here's what, here's what I want to encourage. I want, I want you to be encouraged tonight to be more bold for Jesus, to be more in tune with His Holy Spirit. I, I, I'm really praying for those of you who are in Christ. I want you to understand the significance of that. I, I, want, you to, I, want, you to, I want you to leave here encouraged by what Jesus has given you, what He's provided you with. So that you'll change William and Mary's culture, so that you'll change this James City County's culture, and it change the culture that he spreads you out in as you as you leave this place. So I'd like to start by reading this passage from 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 and 20. He says this, and this is the Apostle Paul speaking. He says, Do you not know that your your body, he's talking to Christians, your body, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, who you have. From God. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You're not your own. For you were bought with a price. So, because of that, glorify God in your body. You see, something incredible happened in that moment when I was 19 years old. I said yes to Jesus. Something incredible happened for each of you in this room who, who are in Christ. The moment you said yes to Jesus, declared Him Savior and Lord, something significant happened in that moment. Yes, you were saved, right? You were rescued in an instance from Satan's sin and death. But something else pretty, pretty extraordinary happened. Ephesians 1 says this, right? I want you to, I want you to listen to this. I want you to listen to what happened the moment we said yes to Jesus. Because this, this impacts how, or can impact how we live today. It says this, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, 
the gospel of your salvation and believed in him. He says, when you heard and believed, not just heard, but believed, when you heard and believed in him, listen to what happened. In an instant, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. We are not our own. We were brought bought with a price. And as proof of that purchase, so to speak, we have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. Right? As proof that we're in Christ Jesus, I'm sealing you with the Holy Spirit, with the, with the promised Holy Spirit. Promise there. Significant. What does promise suggest? Well, it suggests that it was something that was talked about before. Actually, God said that this could be and would be our realities. Those of us who say yes to Jesus, He would seal us. This goes all the way back to Genesis. There's two things. If you look at the, the Old Testament, if you read through all of, all of the Old Testament, you'll see two things going on. The Lord ultimately is saying, man, there's this one coming who's going who's to be a blessing to all the, to all the earth. He tells Abraham, hey, there's one coming through, through your line, Abraham, that's going to be a blessing to all the earth. Over and over again, you hear about this language that speaks of this one, namely Jesus Christ. But alongside that, what you'll hear and read about, in, in, in addition to this one who is coming, there's language that speaks specifically to God's Spirit also being poured out on many people, which of course happens as a result of Jesus coming. But I want you to listen because this, the talk that I'm supposed to talk about tonight is spirits. So I want you to listen to these to these promises from the Old Testament that speak about this spirit that was going to be poured out on those of us who follow after Jesus. The prophet Joel says this in, in, in Joel chapter 2. It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants of those days, I'll pour out my spirit. So in addition to the Old Testament speaking about Jesus coming, this one coming who's going to be a blessing to all the earth, there's all these passages that speak about Jesus' uh, Jesus' spirit being poured out. Listen to this one from Ezekiel. I love this. It's actually my favorite one. It says, and I will put my spirit. God says, I'll put my spirit. This is God. He says, I'm going to put my spirit within you. God says, I'm going to put my spirit within you. Not near you, not within our arms reach, but within you, within us. Back in Ezekiel, I'm going to put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. God says, there's a day coming when I will send one, Jesus, who's going to be a blessing to all those in the earth. But those who trust and believe in this one, in those, I'm going to put the Spirit of God within them. My Spirit's going to dwell in them. You see, we need Jesus as Savior, but we also need Him Lord over our lives every day. And the means of, listen, the means of Him being made Lord over our lives every day on a daily basis is His provision of His Spirit within us. Like that's how we get through. That's how we live day to day with meaning and purpose. It's by and through His Spirit in us. 
I was thinking back on my life these last 17 years. Thanks to you all. Thank you for that. <laughs> and I was times when I felt the Spirit of God prompting me to do or to say or to love or to forgive or to be gracious. And I, I said, I don't know. I, I can tell you countless stories of times when the, when the Spirit of the living God in me dwells in me. It's prompting me to do something. Say something. And because of fear, I didn't. I remember I was doing an internship at the University of, of Tennessee in Knoxville. Anybody from there? Of course not. <laughs> I was doing an internship. I was there for several weeks. I was probably three or four years. I wasn't even, actually, I was probably three years into my walk with Christ. And I had been praying and reading God's Word, right? Those are the main two ways that we discern what, what the Spirit of God is telling us to do. We, we, we pray and we read God's Word and we immerse ourselves in fellowship with other believers. Those are the three ways that we, we hear from, from the Spirit of the living God. But I, I've been praying, I've been reading, and I kept seeing this group of people, people on the University of Tennessee's campus, and I felt like the Lord kept saying, go speak to them, go encourage them, go pray with them. And I'm all like, what if they... What if they kill me? <laughs> what if they make fun of me? And I, I, just, I was just cowering in fear for weeks. So 23. What am I? For, for weeks, just cowering in fear. Oh, oh, hey. I remember the very last day of my internship there. I was like, okay, it's now or never. And I went over, and, and I, there, was, there was probably 20 of them in this lounge, one of these areas, just, just hanging out. And I was like, you know, hi. And he's just like, hey, I'm, I'm, I, I, I love Jesus. And, uh, and I was there, I was like, well, come to find out, there's they, they a Christian organization that was on campus. And this entire time, it built up these walls in my mind. They're going to kill me. They're going to make fun of me. And the whole time, it was just like God was testing me. Hey, listen, just go, go speak to this group of people. And I, and I missed out on something. Right? So, man, I, I, could, I, could have, I could have made connections with people. I could have prayed. But I, I mean, I'm sharing that story with you because that was, that's what happened early on in my walk with Christ. But as I look back, I realize that, man, I've learned to trust and obey. I'm learning to trust and obey the spirit of the living God that is in me. And let me tell you something, he has done great things through me, but not because of people, because I'm yielding to the spirit of the living God in me. So when I look out in a room this size, I think, my goodness gracious, for those of us who are in Christ, listen, you've got the spirit of the living God inside of me, inside of me, inside of us. And I can't help but think, I'm telling you, I can't help but think there's some in this room right now that the Spirit of the living God has been nudging you to do or say something that you're fearful. You're hesitant. I mean, times that you're missing out. You're missing out. I remember my son, he was four years old. Four years old. He's 12 almost. What the heck? <laughs> He was about four years old. And we were, we were going to rent this. Somebody had, we bought this old house. And they put carpet in the dining room. That's a big no-no. <laughs> he 
You don't put carpet in the dining room. This where food gets spoiled. So I said, I'm going to tear all this carpet out. My wife's like, have you done this before? No, I'll figure it out. My four-year-old son, I tried to involve him. I didn't have a dad grow up, so I said, man, I don't know how to do this. It's part of the reason why I don't want to have kids. I'm like, I don't know what to do with them. And this four-year-old old boy, and I, I go upstairs, he's playing with his trains, and said, hey, man, I want you to calm downstairs. Get your tools. Get your tools. <laughs> Fisher Price tools. And I want you to come help that. So what do we do? We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna rip some carpet out. So I'm going to redo these floors. That was a stretch. <laughs> we're going to at least rip up the carpet. We're going to tear things up. And I said, he's, I said, you ready? He said, okay, I'm going to be that. So I go downstairs, and I'm waiting for him. I'm waiting for 20, 30 minutes. What is he doing? Finally, he comes down the stairs. And he's, he's, he's a little emotional. I'm like, what in the world? I say, hey, buddy, what's going on? He sits on our little couch. And I go to him, like, I'm, I'm really not sure what's going on right now. I don't know what happened between me coming down. I don't not really. Angela, where are you? She's going, she's going. I'm like, oh, great. I sit down with him, like, buddy, what's the matter? Because I told him, we're going to this car, we're going to do it together. <laughs> he looks at me, and you know what he says to me? <laughs> uh, and he starts crying. He literally starts crying. Poor I said, "Isn't that a picture of us, though? Right? I didn't, I didn't ask. I didn't, I didn't ask my four-year-old son to help me with carpet because I needed his help. <laughs> and maybe I did. But I didn't ask him to do that because I needed his help. I did because I love him. I wanted to be with him." Right? I was going to do all the heavy lifting. I, I just wanted him, I just wanted him to, to be with me. Is that not what God wants, right? God doesn't, he doesn't need us. It's God. Love you, God. He doesn't need us. He says, hey, come on. Listen, when the Spirit of the living God invites you to do something, when he prompts you to do or say or do something, whatever it is, I mean, he, he's inviting you to with him, with the Creator. Listen, the Creator. There are stars, and there's a moon out there somewhere, I think, tonight, right? It should be there, right? Still. <laughs> the God who, who threw that into the, into the just boom, stars, moon, that God, the God who's causing our hearts to beat now, invites us to do kingdom work. Like, He calls us. Hey, listen, let me do this, say this, but are you kidding me? Yeah, just like my son, we find ourselves saying, hey, but I've never done this before. He's like, I, I, I know that. <laughs> Trust me, I know. <laughs> right? Cool thing is, he finally, I said, no, it's okay. We tore some carpet out together. It was awesome. I guess what I'm trying to say to you all this evening in a very choppy way is that when you said yes to Jesus, He's, he's, he's equipped you. Like, all throughout the Old Testament, you see the spirit of the living God was in a, in a temple or in a specific location. It's all changed now. That was Old Testament. New Testament is in us. Dwells in us. That's why Philippians 1 6 it says, and I'm sure of this, Paul, this Paul says, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion of the day of Christ. Why? Because we're also know because we have the spirit of the living God in us. So the next time you feel it is, man, you've 
God's telling you to go, maybe forgive somebody that just doesn't deserve it. Don't speak to a stranger. Be generous in the way you've never been generous. Be patient in ways you've never been generous. Patient. See, the spirit of the living God is, is called you to do that. He's called you to do that. He will equip you to do it. Right? The fear and the doubt comes from the end. He, he doesn't want us to do that. We've got the spirit of the living God inside of us. And I'm telling you, when we resist that, we're missing out. We're missing out. few years ago, uh, it's probably been five years now, I remember I was driving downtown Norfolk and um, I was just praying and I said, Lord, put somebody in my path today. Put somebody in my path. I want, I want to tell somebody about your, your son Jesus. I want to tell somebody about the gospel. Just, just, just put somebody in my path today. Right? And I'm driving through kind of towards Park Place, those of you who know the area, it's not Monopoly Park Place, it's Bad Park Place, right? It's kind of a rough area. And I see this guy sitting on this, on this, uh, this, this edge of this pier, and, and, and I didn't hear it on the voice, but I, I felt the spirit of God that's, that's the guy I'm speaking to. But I don't know, man, I said, I'm going to listen to excuses, but I can't, this, that. So I started slowing up a little bit. I figured, okay, I'm gonna take my time getting to this guy. Hopefully he's gone by the time I get there. It's the guy I tried. <laughs> so I drove over there. I was in a little Honda Civic, 1999 Honda Civic. I parked it and I got out and I looked over and he looked at me and I got back in my car and I drove off. <laughs> I mean, I, I have to tell story after story after story, things like that. Now, that, 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 
it would have nothing, that had nothing to do with me. It had everything to do with the spirit of the living God in me that said, hey, Sean, go do this. You trust me? Yes, okay, I do. So as I look at you all tonight, this room full of super educated, awesome students that you are. I mean, you're here Friday night. Come on. I look out in this room and I say, listen, I want, I, want, I want to encourage you. If you're in Christ, listen, you have the spirit of the living God in you. When he prompts you, when you're reading his word, he prompts you, he brings it to the mind, and he, he says, man, like, go do this. Go say this. I want to encourage you to go do it. So he's calling you to do it, he's going to equip you to do it. And here's the deal, I'm going to end with this. All right? I'm going to end with something on a very positive note. We're all going to die. <laughs> See why I didn't give you notes? <laughs> one final point. We're all going to die. So you're like, no, we're good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> like, listen, I, all kidding aside, listen, part of the reason why I keep asking myself, man, man am I doing enough is because I, I'm going to expire sooner than I was like last year. Like, I, I, I'm going towards an end. Right? We're all going to die. And I don't know about you, but I, I don't want to. I'm going to meet Jesus. And this is going to be a good time because I'm trusting in his death and resurrection to save me. But, well, you know, I don't want to get to heaven and him with a bunch of regrets. Like, yeah, man, God, yeah, yeah, that one time, you tell me to be more patient, to extend more grace, to be more merciful, to be more generous, to be more bold. Yeah, I was going to, but um, kind of got scared. My bad. Right? Like, I, I don't want to get to heaven with regrets. When I get to heaven, I'm going to say, you know what? Spirit of living God, man, I, I, when you told me to move, I moved. Spirit of living God, when I, when I thought you were telling me to quit my well-paying, stable job, to go into the unknown, like I did it, I thought that's what you were telling me to do. Like, I don't want to have any regrets. I don't want to have any regrets. Because he's worth it, man. So my challenge to you is this. This view of Christ follows this real. Immerse yourself in God's word. Spend time in prayer and spend time in fellowship with other believers. Right? To help you discern cases. Is, is this the spirit of living God telling me to go or move or do this? You pray, you read God's word, you, you bounce it off some other Christians, and you go for it. Go for it. Go for it. I'm telling you, this is a 37 and a half year old man. It feels like it was just yesterday. I was right here. I'm telling you, man, I wish I, I mean, I've done a lot, but I wish I'd done more. And God's not done with me yet. He's not done with us yet. Hopefully, i got another 30 years of me. Oh, Angela, I'm good at 70. I'm good. Just call it puts at 70. I'm going to go to one of those homes. <laughs> in closing, I want to say this. I don't, I don't presume to, to, to believe that everyone in this room is a Christ follower. I, I, don't, I, I don't think that that is the case. If you're in this room and you, maybe you're like me, you're like, I think God exists, but I don't know how it works. Let me tell you something. Jesus paid it all so you might have life. God sent his son Jesus to suffer in our place so that we can have forgiveness of sins, past, present, and future, and the hope of eternal life. And like, that's what's on the table right now for you. I hope that tonight, that somehow, in some way, it's going to have to be through the Spirit of the living God that you've been pushed towards Jesus that much more.
ultimately, I hope that you come to a saving understanding of, uh, of what he's done for you and accept what he's done for you. But I hope that today has pushed you a little bit closer towards him. For those of us who are in Christ, I want to encourage you to step out in faith. What is or has the Spirit of the living God been putting on your heart? Right now, just think about it. What you think about it? It's not, not ten things, it's one thing. What's one thing right now that the Spirit of the living God has been putting on your heart? What's that one thing? I'm going to pray that you would go and do that in His strength. And as I pray, maybe He'll even do something in our midst. Holy Spirit that is in us. Would you bring to mind whatever it is? Maybe it's one thing, maybe it's two, three, ten, I don't know. Who would you bring to mind what you want us to do? We are not our own. We've been bought with a price. We're yours, Jesus. Father, I pray you bring to mind the things that you want us to do, the things you want us to say, the things you want us to, to become for your name's sake, so we bring you glory. Father, I pray against the enemy who's going to try to convince us that we can't. We can't, but you can, and you're in us, so there. Father, bind the enemy from whispering lies. Bind the enemy from causing our hearts to fear. Bind the enemy from twisting what you intended for good. Lord, we thank you for your relentless pursuit of us. We thank you for sending Jesus to rescue us. Father, every day that you give us, may we make the most of it. May we, may we exhaust ourselves stewarding the message of the gospel in word and deed until Jesus returns or calls us home. We pray these things in his mighty, precious, and holy and perfect name. Amen.